Hello and welcome to the first Screen Babble of 2023. We are back with your guide to what to watch. We'll be tuning into hours and hours of TV so we can tell you what you need to be switching on and what's to be avoided. I'm your host Kelly Crichton and I'm happy to confirm that they have survived Christmas and I am once again joined by Alex Morland and Stephen Ross, our resident TV critics, who will keep you right on the road to viewing entertainment. We're also joined by Katie Coniglin, National World's e-commerce editor, who's going to join us for the deep dive today and talk all about HBO comedy Our Flag Means Death. If you've not listened before and don't know what we're all about, each week we'll be chatting about what we're watching as well as looking more closely at a new programme or something making the headlines in the deep dive, as well as going back to the future to tell you about a programme you may have missed when it first aired or streamed. Alex and Stephen, how are you feeling after the bumper TV and indulgence of Christmas? What have you been watching? Give me the highlights. Yeah, I've been... I had a very good Christmas and I got through quite a bit of uh, telly. I thought I'd watch a new sh- show that I'd not seen before. I got the streamers, the uh, screeners through for this is Hold the Front Page. Um, I don't know if you've heard about it. It's, uh, it's uh, Nish Kumar and Josh Whittakin basically joined the National World Papers, our guys. And our team, our team across the country, yes. Yeah, and they, they see uh, what it's like working at sort of local journalism up and down the country. And it, it's been quite a fun watch. It's it's nice because it wasn't patronising and um, they sort of really gave it a go. So each week they go to a different um, local paper and they get challenged to write a story that's good enough to make the front page. Okay. And obviously in the, the first week they're working for the Blackpool Gazette and they, they sort of say, well, you know, th- they get told they've got a 350 word word count. And they've got, you know, all day to come up with a story. They think, all oh, right, this will be easy then. And they soon come up against a lot of problems that you do encounter in sort of everyday journalism. And it was it was nice. Parts of it were a little bit contrived, like Sky had decided to make it sort of semi-scripted. Okay. So there's like bits where they're walking around Blackpool Seafront and Bill Bowman, the, um, the rugby player, is cycling along and it's, oh wow look we found bill bowman and then at oh god another point <laughs> they bump into stephen mangan who's presenting another sky show and they're like oh wow look this is a story this is that great sky show and then stephen mangan tells them to f off and it's okay it, it's kind of weird that they've decided to script part of it and then yeah. part of it is them genuinely doing journalism but the yeah. bits where they're genuinely doing journalism is really really good Maybe they were afraid that they'd be really bad at it or that like it wouldn't work out or I don't know. Yeah, you know, for sure. Levels like, of content. There was a part of it where I, I really struggled to watch, not because it was bad, just because it was the, the, the nature of the story. They were talking to a like a professional strongman, like a circus strongman, and he was lifting up a beer keg by placing metal hooks into his eye sockets. Oh, God. Jeez, and, oh, um, no, thank you. Yeah, I was sort of watching it cringing away from the the laptop with my head in my hands but yeah they did a really good job of it, I always I say the tv that makes you look away is good tv though isn't it like you know <laughs> it's a bad yeah. generalization yeah maybe, maybe not in that case yeah I, to an extent <laughs> cool but yeah no it was it was it was fun cool, cool cool and alex tell us what what has been top of your pops over the christmas well i was tragically very ill i had you know, a, a cold. So I didn't 
which I'm sharing to try and eke out the last possible sympathy for this. So you, so wait now, wait now, ago. as a TV critic, what, what, what happens? Do you watch more TV no, or less, less TV less when TV. you're sick as a TV critic? I don't really no, know yeah, what happens. It's, it's, it's a hard time for people in our profession. Um, <laughs> but no, I was, because I didn't want to sort of start anything new while I was sort of out of it. Uh, so I was just watching a lot of episodes of The Good Wife, like old episodes trying to sort of okay. create the yeah. vibe of channel hopping. But um, yes. <laughs> there was there was one that I was watching, which um, it, it, it kind of quite made me laugh because they've got this guy and they're um, they're trying to defend him for his his crime, which was I think a comparatively minor one. He hadn't like, murdered anyone or anything, but um, they were really worried that the jury would just immediately take against him because of his job. And they're saying, you know, he's got this okay. awful job, this heinous job. He's 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 damaging culture. Um, okay. and so, oh God, what is it? And they ask him, he says, well, it's this thing called search engine optimization. Uh, <laughs> and it just made me laugh a lot. Um, they were, that, oh, that was in 2010. Is this Chum Hum? Is it Chum Hum? I think was it was slightly before Chum Hum, but no. yeah, it's that kind of, oh, was it? that okay. kind of vibe. Long running. Yeah. Mm. It just made me laugh. Yeah, yeah. Oh God. Uh, Spoiler alert. I was going to say once you didn't watch the episode where Will dies, which is like the worst episode ever, ever, anything ever. Uh, spo- Oops, yeah, you spoiler can't alert. put that in the podcast. Okay, I'm going to stop and say spoiler yeah. alert and we'll cut that in. <laughs> to take that out. Sure. <laughs> oh, come on. It's an ancient TV series. Yeah, come on. Even so, even so. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, the, the other week I did talk about The Sopranos and I wasn't yeah. allowed to. You're not a, that's the finale. Come on, that's totally different. That, I ended 15 years ago. Uh, 16. All right, okay, okay. But you're still not allowed. Okay, I'm going to cut in the spoiler alert reference. Yeah. Okay. This will make no sense when you hear it, but anyway. <laughs> okay, go on. What else? What else did you see? Uh, well, not a lot. Um, I watched the first episode of Stonehouse. Uh, mm, me too. Yeah, I don't know. What did you think of it? I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a bit different, actually, mm. wasn't it? Yeah. And I mean, kind of one of those things where you're like, I cannot believe this is based on a true story already. Kind yeah. of think that this guy acted so ridiculously. Um, but there's three episodes, which I'm a bit like, there was quite a lot yeah. in the first episode. You know, there's quite a lot happened. So I'm wondering what the next two, <laughs> you know, like two more hours of all of that is going to be quite um, interesting. So, yeah. And I love those. I love Keely Hawes. And um, I always forget his name. Matthew McFadden. What's his name? Matthew McFadden, love him. Obviously, yeah. extra love him in succession. But yeah, what yeah, did you I reckon? It. Um, I watched the first episode at a screening a few weeks ago, and Matthew McFadden was there, and he's really tall in real life. Yeah, which is which is oh. it's, which I kind of it's know, him. but like when he's always hanging around with um, <laughs> Nicholas Braun, and he's even taller. It's like, oh, he must be a short guy, but he's not. Mm. I love yeah, hearing about he's, celebrities' he's tall. actual And obviously heights. I'm yeah, like six foot three, which, <laughs> which, which is true for the yeah, purposes of this so podcast. He's even taller. But, um, yeah, in, he, he, of course he was is. very tall as well. Yeah. As well. Cool, 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 cool. Okay. Uh, yeah, I kind of tended to watch an awful lot of, I watched quite a few films over the Christmas break, which I don't normally do because I just kind of don't have time. And um, I watched... The Banshees of Inishirin. Did you say you saw that, Stephen, a few weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. Uh, loved it. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I I have to say, I was a little bit like, it's good, but I don't know if it's like brilliant, like a lot of people are saying. I don't know, maybe it's just because it's the Irish thing. Maybe I'm like, it's a bit of paddy whackery going on in it a little bit. But um, Martin McDonough is, I think if you've seen any of his stuff before, you kind of know his sort of 
uh, MO as well. And I think if people haven't, then that's kind of interesting and shocking or whatever. So that might be, I think that's lending itself as well to his this popularity. But no, I did. I really enjoyed it. And Brendan Gleeson's brilliant and the acting's brilliant in it and stuff. Um, but the other thing I watched that I wanted to mention was a documentary on Netflix called The Volcano Rescue from Wakari. Have you seen it? Was that the one about the it's basically about the couple? No. Well, no, it's about oh, that's Fire of Love, I think, oh. which is pretty good. This is a documentary about uh, the volcano that erupted in New Zealand in 2019, and it's absolutely gobsmacking. Like you're kind of like, okay, well, the volcano erupts and people get into trouble, and you know, but just the way it kind of played out, and it's just really well put together documentary. Um, so I'd recommend that. Uh, it kind of stuck with me for a few days. You know, when you watch something and it pops in your head, like. It really stuck with me. So, um, yeah, I'd recommend that. And other than that, lots of kids TV uh, and soaps. Do you want me to do a rundown on the soaps, Stephen? Yeah, go on. <laughs> not, not particularly. <laughs> we'll be here till next new year. <laughs> I'm aware that, that um, Danny Dyer got into some sort of difficulties. Mm. As uh, as predicted on mm. this podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, EastEnders was good. Never saw Emmerdale. Carol was grand. It was just more funny than anything. But EastEnders did... Did tragedy as it does really good always. Um, so enjoyed dipping back into that over the festive period. Um, okay, moving along. We're getting on to our deep dive and we're delighted that Katie is here to talk to us for the first time on Screen Babble. I feel like this could be a future. You could be here a little bit more in the future, Katie, if you if you play your cards right. Oh, I'm delighted to be here. I hope I don't disappoint. So tell us uh, briefly before we get into the deep dive, what did you watch over the holidays that you enjoyed? Well, um, it wasn't quite as debilitating as poor Alex's cold, but I did have a, a heavy case of COVID over the holiday oh. period. Oh, so no. I was oh, commiserations. For oh. Um, a couple of weeks and um, ended up watching <laughs> For My Sins every single episode of The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. Um, oh, hilarious. Just because I felt like. <laughs> It was a project and it was good to uh, undertake. Um, some of them, obviously, I haven't seen for the better part of 30 years. So that was wow. quite good. And the first time around that I would have seen them, I wouldn't have understood the film references. So it was yes. actually quite a cheering thing. And it made me feel like I was achieving something rather than just killing time. How many is there so? How many uh, so there there? Was, they started in season two and I think so they're up to 32 episodes so, wow. Which sounds like a lot, but they're 20 minutes long. So, And yeah. I was very, very ill. Um, the mm. other thing, I, I watched a lot of films, loved Banshees very much, um, loved Glass yeah. Onion. Um, but the other thing that I would like to shout out about the holiday period, if it just squeaks in under the wire, is um, is the new Happy Valley, just because it's yeah. nobody does it better than Sally Wainwright. And I know Absolutely. everyone knows about it, but it just can't be said enough. It's just genius and it's just so... Um, everything Sarah Lancashire. Is it Lancashire or Lancaster? Lancashire. Lancashire. Everything she does is amazing. She She's unbelievable in this as well. I love it. I was a little bit like the seven year gap. I was like, what is this all about? Is it going to still work and stuff, you know? But um, the characters are great. Like, and uh, I was reading that obviously Sally Wainwright put the gap so that Ryan, the son, was going to be a Yeah, and he's been adult. played by the same... Yeah. Played by the same actor, which I think is quite cool in terms of continuity. Yeah. So I'm 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 yeah. really interested in where it goes at the same time as being um quite scared <laughs> for yeah, for, totally. for poor old Catherine. Yeah. You know, anyone who's close to it's, retirement, it doesn't all go well. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's such a 
trope, yeah, isn't it? it? Is. Like, I, you know, it's funny that she even has it in there, you know? She must but, know yeah. what she's doing. She's so smart. She knows that trope inside out, I'm sure. So I'm fascinated yeah, to see yeah, where yeah. it goes. And I love the idea that they're, they're eking it out week by week rather than letting us binge so that it's going to turn into some proper, like like White Lotus season two, like some proper event yeah. telly, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What Did you watch it, Alex? Did you watch Happy Valley? No, I haven't caught up on it yet. So, I know. I, well, you've only went one episode to do, so. Yeah, no, I mean the previous series. Oh. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you do need to watch yeah, the other ones. It's, it's on yeah. the list. Oh, I'm not sure you're allowed your job oh anymore. No, yeah. I know. I wasn't going to say anything. I was just going to pretend. Uh, did you see it, Stephen? No, I'm a couple of seasons behind. Yeah. Oh, lads, oh, come on. I don't know. There's not that many episodes in them. Yeah, six not, apiece. Not, um, like, six yeah. apiece, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. there's a lot of other shows, isn't there, as well? But it, genuinely, you have six I weeks now, come on, to watch we'll catch up. 12 plus whatever. Come on, come on, work hard. I was planning to watch it over Christmas, but I thought I'd put some graft in and get some stuff done for the um, Back to the Future episodes instead. Oh, bless oh. you, bless you. Good, good excuse. Happy Valley isn't exactly... You know, despite the name, it's not an easy watch either. It might not be a festive one, you know. Although you could follow Katie's lead and do something completely off kilter, off team, off season, you know. Um, okay, cool. So anyway, Katie, yes, back to the deep dive. Um, tell us, what are you here to talk about and why do you want to talk about it? Well, I'm here to talk about Our Flag Means Death, which is a HBO show that showed in America quite um, quite a while back, back in the start of 2022. Mm. So finally, um, you can watch it all on the BBC iPlayer now, um, or it's going out, quote unquote, live at 10pm tonight on BBC Two. Um, and it is... I feel like I'm here in my capacity as the Antipodean correspondent because it stars Reese Darby uh-huh. and Taika Waititi, who are New Zealanders just like me. Like, like, yeah. And um, but it's from American produ- writer producer David Jenkins, and it's actually based on a true story, which is wild because it's set in the 18th century, and there was this guy who was an aristocrat called Steed Bennett who lived in Barbados. Is incredibly wealthy, and then he ended up having a midlife crisis. He abandoned his wife and children, and he decided that he wanted to become a pirate. So he was known as the gentleman pirate. <laughs> and he turned out, funnily enough, to be absolutely terrible about it. <laughs> and um, I won't won't tell you what happened to him in real life because they've, they've commissioned a second season. So, but he was around. He was a contemporary of um, Blackbeard, who's the most famous pirate of all time and mm. Blackbeard is played by Taika Waititi quite wonderfully so um it's a comedy it's a very very gentle comedy and surprisingly given mm. the name our flag me- means death it's actually unbelievably warm-hearted okay so. okay and what what's the format like is it like half hour how many episodes yeah, it's a half hour it's 10 10 episodes half hour so it's very gentle it's the type of thing it's got this <laughs> it's got some of the sort of um attitude of Ted Lasso in terms of trying to yeah. um, overcome sort of tropes of toxic masculinity or encourage people to be their best okay. selves. It's also got sort of a little bit of the staginess of Wes Anderson. It's got that lovely deadpan humour that you'd expect from New Zealand comedy like Flight of the Concords. Reese Darby is in the same mode as yeah. Murray from Flight of the Concords, but a nice variation yeah. on that thing. And what's really lovely about it is that it develops all of these relationships with the pirates on the, on, on the ship um, and it's gloriously, and I think not at all prurently, um, queer. It's got a lot of 
queer relationships and it doesn't play them out in any kind of way that feels uh-huh. like salacious or there for what uh-huh. they might call queer basing. It's just lovely, open-hearted, often quite queer comedy. So, And because it's based on a ship, is it like a big, fairly big budget? Like, are we seeing nice scenery and like... Yeah, it looks it, pretty good. Is, I think it's got that sort of slight staginess. So you're not sort of on the open seas. But yeah, I imagine that, but I haven't, hadn't considered that. But yeah, it's HBO money. So it looks, it looks rich yeah. and sumptuous, I think. And it's got a lot of um, cameos from sort of luminaries within the American comedy scene, like um, Leslie Jones or Fred Armisen and, and people like that. And um, for mm-hmm. Closer Back to Home, it's got Ewan Bremner in a very, very funny role. So, yeah. Oh, hilarious. Uh, I love that idea of, you know, people having midlife crises back in the early 1800s. It's not a modern invention. Yeah, absolutely. You know? <laughs> um, what I will say, though, is that in terms of sort of if you're watching it because you love Taika Waititi, which a lot of people probably will come to it with that, he doesn't show up until relatively deep into the series. So if you're watching the first couple okay. of episodes and going, where's my man? He doesn't show up. And, and it's when he shows up that it, the show really comes to life because he's got this incredible kooky kind of charisma and bluster as Blackbeard. And Reese Darby is very prim and very nervous and very proper mm. and kind. And they just play really, really well um, together. Interesting. Um, speaking of pirate tales, I watched a live version of Peter Pan over Christmas where Christopher Walken was what's his name the main hook. bad pirate guy hook 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 obviously that's <laughs> I wild people's names and it was <laughs> hilarious it was very camp I was actually just about to do a and... christopher walken impersonation but i'll spare you there no oh, go for it do it do it <laughs> anyway keep going sorry he's he is really good as hook he's kind of like you know in the way that you he draws you in. He draws you in as Hook as well. And he's a good dancer, you know, so he does quite a few tap numbers and stuff. Um, I just happened across that on Sky Arts. So weird. Um, but it, yeah, enjoy Are there songs? Yeah. It's okay. a proper musical. Like, it's one of these kind of strange filmed as live on a stage, but it's way more produced and amazing sets and they're all flying around and stuff but it's like a stage show it's not like a film if you know what I mean there's there you know they're on a set it's kind of hard to describe but um yeah very strange never heard of it before just happened across it so no that was that sounds really good that sounds interesting so Katie podcast goes out on a Thursday so the first episode will have been out uh by the time this goes out oh yeah people will be able so to get it on iPlayer to, yeah if you want to you can watch it all now yeah. um if you like Alex has uh, struck with a lurgy, then it's the perfect kind of comfort show. It's got, it's got, like I say, a very gentle heart and, um, and some of the warmth of Ted Lasso to it. But, um, but similarly, and I would say it's, it's quite good family watching as well. Not, not for little ones, because there's a couple of bits where they do do some marauding and a little bit of gruesome violence. But, um, but yeah, if you've got older kids, I think it would be really good. Cool. Okay, that was the deep dive. Uh, We're going to shimmy across now to Back to the Future, where we tell you all about a series which you may have bypassed you the first time around. Basically, we want to stop you scrolling for hours trying to find something to watch. Stephen, this week, we're talking about Staged. Yeah, so it came out um, during the pandemic, Staged. um, And Back to the Future, obviously, 
I try to go back a little bit further, but it is an entirely different age because it's it's you're back in lockdown and it, it was really weird watching it, you know, in 2022, 2023 and thinking this was, you know, 18 months ago, whatever, however long ago it was. And this is how a different life was. But it was it was a great show. Mm. It's a comedy and it's it's David Tennant and Michael Sheen playing exaggerated versions of themselves and it's all done through, well, I don't know if it's Skype or Zoom or if I'm allowed to say, but it's all done through, you know, video chats. Okay, and yeah. Other alternatives are available. <laughs> yeah. And that they've basically got together with their producer, Simon Evans, and their idea is they're going to rehearse for a stage show for five characters in Search of an Author, and they're using the pandemic to sort of get ahead of all the other um, thespians that will have used the pandemic just to lounge around and watch TV. Okay. Which... You know, there are worse things to do. But I think we'll get ahead, we'll get the jump on it, and we'll rehearse. And then when the pandemic's over in three weeks, lol, um, we'll have our show ready to go. Mm -hmm. And then they sort of realise that they're going insane because of lockdown and that they're starting to hate each other. And, yeah, that's sort of the first season. And also um, Michael's partner, Anna Lumberg, is in it and um, David's wife George Tennant's in it as well and um, the producer's sister is in it so it's, it was all filmed in their actual homes because there was an actual lockdown in so it's really authentic in that sense mm. but then it is also you know an exaggerated version of themselves and it isn't real so you watch the first season you're like oh wow that was really cool and then season two is season one exists as a show in the world of season two. And they're like, do you remember when we made Staged? Mm. I want to do another season of Staged. And then season two is about them sort of discussing how, you know, Staged went and they talked to Michael Palin on Ramesh Ranganathan's show. And Michael Palin says that he thought they weren't very funny in their TV show that they made. And then, so they then spend season two trying to sort of get a second season off the ground. And then in season three, season two becomes part of the show that they made in real life. Mm. And in season three, they're talking about how it all went to pot after that and how they sort of fell out with Simon. And yeah, it can be quite jarring because of how meta it gets. Like each season's just sort of another layer of like meta narrative, mm -hmm. but it's really clever. And yeah, so there's three seasons out now, and I don't think there are plans for a fourth at the minute. I mean, I think there's only so many times you can make that joke yeah. and sort of do that thing. But the first season, I think, is definitely the best. Um, but they're all they're all great and they're all worth watching. It's um, 20 minute episodes, I think, six episodes in the first season, eight episodes in the second, and then six again in the third. And they're all on Brickbox. It's, it's a really light-hearted, sort of comforting show to watch, especially if you really like David Tennant and Michael Sheen. Which I, I think did. a lot of people do, yeah. yeah. They're kind of faves, aren't they, those two? Yeah. Are they, um, are they back in person for the third series? Yeah, so kind of a little bit, yeah. Does that, like, change the vibe a lot? Yeah, it does. I mean, they're still not really sharing scenes together much, but there's bits where, like, sort of David goes to meet Michael and they're, they're planning to leave for some projects 
in a distant land or whatever. And, and so they meet up a bit, but it's still all told through camera angles that are designed to imitate Skype or through actual video calls, mm. um, which sort of sort of keeps it quite discreet and, and everything. But I think the main problem is that the first season you have all this thing where they're sort of like frenemies and that's great. But then in the second season, you find out they are actually friends and the whole frenemy thing was just their TV show. Okay. So all of that character development is sort of lost because uh. it's reset and it's like, well, that's all fake and now this is the real thing. And then every season it resets again as they add another layer of sort of meta-narrative and all of the character development once again is sort of reset. But um, yeah, no, it, it was definitely worth watching. I thought Georgia and Anna were really good in it as well. Um, and David's son Ty makes a brief appearance, and it's also yeah, it's also full of really great cameos. Mm. So you have Dame Judi Dench, Sam L. Jackson is pr- probably the, the best cameo in the mm. first season. Just really pissed off at both of them, um, <laughs> and it, it really looks like they're trying not to break when they're when they're filming it. Okay, and Adrian Lester as well is in there. Uh, and as I said, um, Michael Palin um, is cameos in the second season as a as Michael Palin, but who hated staged and sort of <laughs> talks about how when they made Monty Python, they took risks and they were funny and they weren't derivative. And <laughs> yeah, no, it's it it's it was a fantastic show, but I do think that the season one was the the best season. Mm. So available, all of it's available on Box. No. All of it's available on BritBox, yeah. That's staged, in case anybody staged. didn't catch the uh, title at the start. Thanks for that, Stephen. Uh, just quickly before we go, guys, any TV resolutions for the year ahead? Personally, I'm planning to watch more TV. <laughs> it's pretty basic, but I feel like I need to up my game since we started this podcast. So I don't know where I'm going to squeeze that in. I maybe have to stay up later at night. <laughs> but that's my that's my TV resolution for 2023. What about you, uh, Stephen? Well, it's similar, I guess. I'm. I mean, I'm going to try, which is probably what I tried to do last year. Try and watch more new things, as in new to me, instead of rewatching. Hmm. The Office and Friends <laughs> and all of that and yeah. old Doctor Who episodes and you know Treehouse of Horror one to thirty two. <laughs> um, I'm gonna try and where possible instead of putting on an old comfort watch, put on something that's a bit new and yeah. expand my horizons a little bit. Um, and this isn't really TV, but I'm also planning to try and watch more foreign films this year. Oh, brother! Do quite like foreign films. But I've not watched many this year, last year at all. Yeah. Well, you can keep us abreast of progress on that. Absolutely. <laughs> and how your language skills are progressing. Uh, Katie, yeah. what about you? Any TV resolutions, TV streaming? I think I'm going to stick to um, to something similar to what Stephen was saying, which is uh, just to keep watching. I've, so the Sight and Sound Top 100 Films of All Time as voted by directors and yeah. critics came out at the very end of the mm. year last year. And so my mm. resolution is to work through that list, um, which oh, is quite cumbersome. Wow. Um, some of them are quite, uh, quite unquote worthy. So um, I think that's mm. going to take up some time. Um, and I imagine some of them are easier to find than others as well. Yeah, some of them will be. So um, we'll yeah. see how we go with that. I, I don't know. Resolutions are made to be broken, aren't they? So um, we'll see if yeah, I'm just yeah. back watching The Simpsons by this time next week. So. <laughs> Are you going to watch Sight and Sound's number one film of the 
of that's this I mean it's, it's four hour French Belgium. film. Is that it's three hours long, Jean Delmain by Chantal Ackerman. Yes, I have every intention. My friend Josh, who who actually submitted for the poll, says that it's very good, but then he would say that kind of thing. Four hours. Three hours. Well, <laughs> it doesn't look very good, but Yes. Uh, you can't, you can't, I, I mean, every, admirable if you if you do watch it. Thank you. Well, you can't judge it before you've you've given it a bash. Surely, as a critic, that's. Yeah. <laughs> so Are you going to um, like work through an order like hundred ninety nine? Uh, I was thinking maybe yeah, working through from a hundred down because um because so over the la- last year I was listening to the Rolling Stones top five hundred albums of all time and I made my way through that list, and so this is. I think the next project. So yeah, start at one hundred, work its way, because then theoretically the film should get better and better and better yeah. as they go along. Yeah, climactic. Yeah, till we hit hit, yeah. hit Jean Delmain and it's like my mind is blown. Best film of all time. <laughs> and you never have to. You never have to watch a film ever. No, again. exactly. All twelve <laughs> hours of it. Beautiful. <laughs> Alex, what's your TV resolution? Do you have any? Um, it's sort of the same as Stevens because I was thinking um, I wanted to try and watch more sort of like international TV, um, sort of non, non-English non language stuff. Yep. I watched Babylon Berlin a few years ago, uh, which is a German series, and that was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I meant to watch Pachinko last year, which was meant to be really good, but I never got around to. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. that's the plan for this year. Yeah, the odd, the odd yeah. subtitled series makes its way to Channel 4, but you don't see it yeah. much anywhere else. Uh, well, thank you all for joining us this week and for our first episode of 2023. Do look out for our Friday morning Screen Babble Weekend Watch, which will preview what's coming up on TV and streaming over the next few days. Because let's face it, we're not leaving the house for the next three months, really. Next um, If you have any suggestions for what TV we need to get in our lives, Alex. <laughs> Drop us a line via our social media. You'll find us on Twitter at National World TV and on all other platforms at National World. And tell your friends. Tell your friends if you're enjoying the podcast. Tell your friends. Share it with three people. That's all we ask. Uh, We'd love for you to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast so we can reach as many TV lovers as possible. We'll be back next week with more Screen Babble. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.